Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Grace, and my co-host today, Jack Humphrey, is also my co-founder in TheLeverages.com and Divizio.com. How are you today, Jack? I am good. How are you? I'm hanging in there. And we've got a giant announcement to share with everybody, don't we? Uh, it's not spring yet. Go back in your house. No, that wasn't what I had in mind. How about this is the very last episode that Jack and I will be co-hosting together. Jack is going off to the world of doing bigger and better things or just different things, depending upon how you look at it. Just different things, not better things. And so beginning March 1st, 2019, I will be having a new co-host, and he is our guest today. So, Jack, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who our guest is, and that way they'll learn about my new co-host. We have our old dear friend, Ken Krell, who is an experienced businessman, world traveler, multi-successful business entrepreneur who loves to solve problems, and that's why he created Bagel which helps you easily create winning sales campaigns using the power of WordPress and your current page building tools. Bagel's unique D&D user interface makes your marketing easier and more fun. Ken is a guy that is going to do really, really well on this show. <laughs> if, you, if anybody listening has not heard of him or heard him, uh, you're going to love him. Love him, love him, love him. I wouldn't want to pass the baton to anyone else other than Ken. So, Ken, welcome to Leverage Masters. On the other side oh, of the chair yeah. for for now. That was that was just too sweet, Jack. That was that was so nice. Thank you so much. Exactly the way I wrote it. Um, <laughs> if I was to have written, I saw I saw nice. what you wrote and I totally changed it. I didn't like it. It wasn't <laughs> flattering enough. And truth be told, I I had nothing to do with that. That was really really nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was great. Good to be here with you guys. <laughs> and Ken, great. where in the so, world are you today? Got to start that because we never know where Ken's going to be. That is that is um, always the case with me. So today I'm in San Diego at the Traffic and Conversion Summit, um, and uh, when we do our next show, I will be in uh, Adelaide, Australia. So um, <laughs> uh, it's all crazy. <laughs> well, we're well, going to have so, to start yeah, guys, starting our show. Going to happen a lot. With yeah, we'll have to start the show off with where in the world is Ken today? That you know, that's probably <laughs> the theme. That's probably the theme of the show as it continues, uh, because just just looking at the last couple of weeks, I um, began in Manila in the Philippines, then was in Sydney to speak uh, about a Sunday or so ago, then flew from Sydney to Nashville for a conference. I'm now in San Diego. I leave for Sydney uh, tomorrow. Uh, then to Adelaide, then then back to Bangkok, um, and then to Cleveland. So it's yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of crazy. 
But uh, such man, I don't understand. The hardest part about all that you just said is all that flying. Wow, <laughs> for me. Well, I, I'm praying. <laughs> I can't to, imagine. I'm praying, Jack, I'm, praying, I'm praying for the upgrade because, honest to God, if, I, if that upgrade doesn't clear, it's not going to be pretty on the back of the airplane for 15 hours. That's how much I can tell you. <laughs> well, you know, the funniest but, thing is on this show I have with me Jack, who absolutely hates flying, really doesn't want to ever have to be in another airport again in his life. And Ken, who lives his life in airports, who goes from one country to another country to another city to another country constantly. It's pretty funny, guys. He's the Anthony Bourdain of marketing. He really is. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, okay. (laughs) So, you know, and the thing is, the thing is that you've got to pick the lifestyle that you want. And the lifestyle that you want can always change. So I would never have thought that I'd be traveling quite this much on a global basis years ago and would never have, you know, never given any thought to just, well, let's just pop over to Sydney for Mardi Gras. You know, let's just go to Adelaide, the Adelaide Fringe Festival, because it's the second largest fringe festival in the world. I mean, who would have thought? But yet now I, I think nothing of it because all it is is just jumping on an airplane. And, and I think the biggest thing people can take away from all this is perspective. I get people all the time saying, well, I've never been to Asia. I've never been to Australia. My gosh, how do you, how do, you do that? I'm like, you just get an airline ticket. But, you know, but what about, I'm like, don't what about it's when they go on sale and they do go on, on promotion regularly, you could have gotten a ticket back and forth to Sydney for like $450 from Los Angeles. You know, yes, you're in the back of the airplane, but who the hell cares? You take a, you, you take a, um, um, oh, I forgot the name of the pill. You can get over the counter, so it's not, it's not a bad pill. Um, but um, but you, you just go. That no, not dramamine. That's it's. I forget where it's melatonin. You take a melatonin, um, and you go to sleep, or you watch all the all the movies. You know, uh, but it's just a simple matter of just go and do it. All it is. I mean, it's like get on an airplane as if you're going to go from New York to Miami. Only difference is the flight's just a few hours longer. End of story. You, you get there, and you know they speak English. My first trip to Asia was to Singapore, and. Um, I was advised to go there because it's much more Western than just about any other Asian city. And so if you're going to do a transition from, uh, you know, Western U.S., for example, to, to Asia, Singapore is a great place to start. And I fell in love with it. So, you know, if you limit yourself to just one country, one environment, you do have risk. You definitely have risk. And when you take a look at what's going to happen in the environment, the economic environment over the next few years, I don't think there's any surprise that we're, that we're going to have a crash soon. Now, I'm not saying that to, to actualize it, but if you look at economic uh, history and you look at economic cycles, we're due for one. We're due for, we want to call it a correction, whatever it is. Um, you know, the cycle is such that there's going to be a downtime. Well, if all of your uh, economies are in one place, all your, all your eggs are in that one basket, you're at risk. But if you, if you uh, move your risk around and are more global oriented, you know, when one part of the part of the world's down, other parts of the world are up. So I encourage everybody to take a bigger set of eyes and yes, leverage your opportunity by going elsewhere, which is what, what we've done. I was just looking at uh, an, uh, I can't remember who did the report. One of the big global government agencies um, just did a report on the healthiest places to live, and Spain topped the list 
And that moves around the world, too, just in terms of, well, all their parameters are really boring, but you can imagine what they use for the parameters. And U.S. Yeah, it was Italy last year. First country, first world country, richest country in the world, not even in the top five, not in the top ten, not in the top 20 or 30, 35. 35 out of the whole world is the – is where America lands on that list. So, like, if you wanted to just go live in a healthier environment, forget about the economics, you know. you got to move around the world for that, too, because that changes all the time uh, for trillions of different reasons. Well, it's interesting you should mention Spain, Jack. That's fascinating. I, I spent three weeks in Spain this past summer with my mom and um, fell, in love, fell in love with Valencia. Valencia is just um, a few hours away from, from Barcelona, which is also pretty awesome. Uh, but Valencia is, is totally amazing, and and Spain's great, great food, great people. Um, it, it, in, for, as far as Europe's concerned, one of the le- less expensive places. Portugal is less expensive than Spain, uh, but a great place to live. One of my key uh, team members, who runs our our Facebook marketing, actually lived in Spain, uh, moved there from from northern Europe uh, quite a number of years ago, and loves it there. So yeah, I, I would say absolutely. You know they. they you have to have a different perspective on life. To them, lifestyle is paramount. And they will run, and, and, and the, the job is there to support the lifestyle because uh, lifestyle is, is number one. And that's something that I think we need to learn, certainly on the, on the Western side of things. You know, stress, eh, screw stress. You know, let's just, just, let's just party. And as long as you are, are building a business, and in our business, I mean, there's good Wi-Fi everywhere. So there's no reason why you can't, you can't do Spain. You know, at all. Well, let's talk about the business. What does uh, what do you where do you want to start with all of that? Uh, well, let's see. What, what how do you best, help people? We, okay. Um, <laughs> We're talking about uh, well, Spain and moving around the planet. Uh, what yeah. what affords do you that lifestyle? What kinds of systems do you set up, and what kinds of things have you learned that you're passing on to uh, people now to help them? If they wanted to do that, I mean, you could stay put and still prosper. Um, I would imagine with your stuff, you don't have to go to Spain, do you? No, you don't have to do. I mean, here's the thing: <laughs> the way the way I look at the world, and the way I think everyone needs to look at the world, is that it is um, is a um, a great playground to do business in. Because as long as if we're digital entrepreneurs, which which seems to be the a the audience but B, what people seem to want to go more and more these days, whether it's selling stuff on Amazon or having your own course and training or whatever it is where there's an online component, if you're doing business online in any way, then you're not geographically tied anywhere. The only geography you're tied to is a Wi-Fi connection. And, and uh, quite frankly, even that, you, you know, I'm, I'm on a phone call right now, but um, I can do a, a phone call locally anywhere, especially with some of these global phone services. So how do I help people and what do we do? Um, I'm, I, for years and years, I've been training entrepreneurs on how to make a whole lot of money, build a better lifestyle, have more fun along the way, and have a quality of business that you really can enjoy. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have the quality of life, none of the money means anything. You know, it, you know being rich and being in the hospital are, are sort of, they don't work well together. That's not prosperity. So we've looked at, at what's the best way to leverage the business experience for people and what's the best way to leverage people's time, energy, and effort to make a lot more money in the process and have a lot more fun with a lot less stress. Because 
with technology, technology can be your best friend and make things easier. Ergo, look, we, we now have a, a blog. We can, you guys can, can listen to this globally on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes or wherever. You know, so great technology. But um, sometimes technology gets in the way. It can stress you out, and it, it can be challenging. Just even this morning, I'm, I'm in my Uber, and, and the, the, um, the GPS stopped working for the, for the poor guy. So, you know, it, technology got in the way. We need to remember the basics. And so what we created was an ability for people to create automated sales and marketing experiences and letting people use the power of WordPress, which is really the preeminent website builder on the planet anyway. Uh, 30% of all websites and 60% of all content websites are built with the WordPress foundation. Um, so we built a tool, we call it Bagel because it's, it's round, it, it eliminate, it's, it's fun, and um, I, I love bagels. Um, so uh, the idea of, mm-hmm. of Bagel, the software, uh, is always a, always a story behind the name. This is really a better story that's coming up later if we have time. Uh, but the idea about Bagel is we, we're calling it full circle marketing. There's most marketing people, and even here at Traffic and Conversion, a big chunk of the conversation yesterday was how people simply do not follow up and do not take advantage of all the opportunity that presents themselves in the selling process, even in the marketing process. So what we do is we help people, give them the tools to be able to build what we're calling a full circle marketing um, opportunities. So we, you can actually drag and drop web pages onto our Canvas, connect your email provider, connect your membership site to it, connect to the ability to do targeting, which, is, which allows you, to, when someone visits your website, it allows you to keep marketing to them after they've left. It allows you to send a bottle of champagne or even bagels or gift cards or postcards or, or letters or, or make automated phone calls. It allows you to connect with people in a way that's not just a flat experience like sending an email, but it allows you to connect with ways that really are more tactile. For example, sending, well, heck, I'm looking at a, at a package of Twizzlers right now in the hotel room here. So you can send Twizzlers to, to your, your prospects, your clients to say, hey, I love you. Now, who does that these days? Virtually nobody does. So when you're actually able to touch your client on a really literally a tactile level like that, it sets you apart in such a way that you bond with them. And that's just not that's just before the sale, it's even after the sale. Because that's where most people fall apart. You know, they make a sale and then it's like, okay, I got the money, thank you, goodbye. And they, they leave so much money on the table that we, we had to provide a tool that would make it easier to not just get the sale made, but also do the follow-up. So that's what we've created. And I tell you, people are so thrilled by this uh, because you know it, the people get wrapped up in this thing called the sales funnel and sales funnels are great but that's only part of the story and there's plenty of sales funnel software out there um, but yet I think they fall short of the entire customer or client experience and uh, so we, we look to to change that and really fulfill the entire process from soup to nuts so that's what we do and we do it globally well I think Probably people are most uh, they're most up to date on what funnels are if they've heard about this stuff at all. Uh, and most you couldn't throw a rock without hitting somebody uh, that hasn't got at least some funnel something. They haven't heard of the all kinds of different things out there. What I'm really interested in uh, on top of that is the stuff that you talked about, like just being able to send people things, like being able to have the power to step outside the kind of myopic idea of a funnel builder really isn't that impressive after you've been around for (laughs) 
so many years and everything, and there, there's always innovation that can be done with it. But the other thing is you've got the rest of your business, and it sounds like you guys dip into helping people with the rest people happy. Funnels are typically used to bring people in. That's what mostly they're used for. A lot of people are on, or some people are only really thinking about them in terms of once people get in, it keeps going and going and going, which is how it would be a healthier way to look at it. But, uh, and that's usually where it all ends. It sounds like you are just getting started at that point. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's a good point. But, but the process, Jack, needs to begin at the very beginning anyway. People do stop once, that, once they get to the thank you page, you know. I got the money. Okay, great. And they, they think support is an expense when support is actually uh, a profit builder. Pro- support is where you get to take someone's frown and turn it into a smile and then offer them something bigger and better to serve them in a better way. Uh, people forget that. Uh, but, but to keep that consistent is important. So you want that whole process to go through the entire sales cycle, not just uh, have one attitude up until the time that the sales made, but you really want to be consistent all the way through. And that's really important. And, and at the end of the day, what we really want to do, at least what I want people to do in their businesses, is to create a tribe of loving, excited evangelists who are using your tools, using your coaching, using your product and are successful with the product to the degree that they're saying, oh, my God, this is amazing. you got to do it. Uh, not somebody who's, who's bought it and likes you, but someone who's actually made money with you. There's a gigantic difference in the way a referral is made, in the way a conversation is had. I mean, if, you know, if your neighbors are looking at you and you just got a new car and you just did work on your house and, and on and on and on, and you, know, you just came back from a trip to the Maldives, um, and they're, then they say to you, how are you doing all this? Well, hell, you're going to tell them because it's like, oh, my God, you got to take Ken's course. you got to take Jack's course. you got to, you know, you got to coach with Gina because, holy mackerel, I made a fortune on this thing, you know, and, and, and that's awesome. So that's the approach you got to take from the beginning all the way through. You know, it's really, it really is kind of like a life cycle marketing piece. So, you know, to begin where most people end, to me, it's really to continue, not to begin. Yeah. Well, to quickly turn around and play devil's advocate, if I'm super, super embedded with like click funnels or lead pages or optimized press or something like that, why would I ever want to turn around after everything I've done? If then you know what I've done <laughs> over in those places, right? Uh, and and it's not like they do, but in some ways they do have golden handcuffs. I mean, why would I even want to talk about Bagel or any other system? And I'm only doing this because I see right on your page that you say right there, don't worry, you guys are Switzerland. What do you mean by that? I love it. Well, yes, we're Switzerland because here's, here's the thing. Whether you use a ClickFunnels or Optimized Press or whatever, they all have pros and cons. Now, I began with Optimized Press, actually. I mean, when I first began, it was the beginning of, yeah. of Optimized Press. And, 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 and I, I have a giant love for OP. That's uh, great. Uh, we left Optimized Press uh, and moved actually over to ClickFunnels because the problem, for example, just with an Optimized Press, and don't worry, we're going to solve that problem in a second. Uh, the problem with Optimized Press or Thrive or a Divi or anything WordPress is that WordPress wasn't designed to be a sales funnel. WordPress was designed to be a blog. And so you can build all these great mm-hmm. pages, but they don't, they don't connect. And that's a challenge. So you can build a fantastic page in Optimized Press, and they build fantastic pages. In fact, funny, I was going through one of my old blogs this morning, literally, which was built in the original Optimized Press. So you know, we're still using it. 
uh, and so we had to make sure that Bagel would support that because I don't want to have to make anybody change uh, that, to do things they don't want to do. ClickFunnels, for example, um, is a is a I like ClickFunnels as a page builder, quite frankly. I think it has a lot of limitations because it's their own platform. It's not like a WordPress where you've got an open platform where you can have tons of plugins and and so on to make life easier. ClickFunnels is its own thing with its own limitations, um, and it's also got a soup to nuts component with with email and 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 membership sites and so on and so forth, none of which I need or use because I've already got my own other tools, which I, I like I like to think of it as like I go to a gourmet restaurant and all of my tools are the are the entrees, but you go to a ClickFunnels or an all in one type of solution and that's like going to the buffet. It's like having a boom box versus having a discrete stereo system, a component system. So we, in, in Bagel, we said, okay, listen, we can still build a sales funnel using some pages from ClickFunnels, um, but ClickFunnels, because it doesn't allow you to uh, friendly SEO, you know, get the search engines to look at you, and it is its own uh, its own website. In fact, uh, just recently, Russell Brunson, who, who founded ClickFunnels, uh, said that you know, we're at war with websites. Because ClickFunnels is its own thing. Well, you know, we're 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 the other side of the battle. So when he said that, I was like, Yeah, baby, we're we're gonna go get you. Um, so so we celebrate mm-hmm. that. A lot of people, a lot of people, um, a lot of people do not like ClickFunnels. I frankly don't understand what's so complicated about it. To be perfectly frank, I mean, we still use it. Uh, but there's for those that aren't comfortable with it, there was no not much of a choice for for a sales funnel builder. So we took the things we liked about ClickFunnels, things that we wish we had in ClickFunnels, like the ability to drag and drop. A, an actual funnel onto a map like, like you can with Infusionsoft, for example, or at least in terms of part of their campaigns, and we put it into Bagel. So we're, we're, we're letting people use their current um, web, uh, web page builder, for example, anything in WordPress you can still use. We're letting people use their own email provider. We're encouraging people to use their own, their own membership site builder, their own affiliate programs. Anything that is WordPress compatible works with Bagel because Bagel – Basically, I say tell people that Bagel puts the marketing brain into WordPress. So we really like to celebrate everybody. And then Switzerland, because Switzerland is agnostic, which is why they didn't get you know beat up in the wars, right? Um, they're smart, and so we decided to do the same thing. So whatever you're currently using, you can still use. Ultimately, you may want to make some changes and some transitions, but we don't want to put people through the shock of oh my god, I got to learn something new today. Oh, please shoot me now. That is just not what I want to do. And so I'm sure that our users don't want to do it either. They want to make something super easy to, to, to solve the problem, not create a new one. Uh, it's really weird how everything has come to this. So, like, when we first started building sites and we started doing content marketing and things like that to get traffic, and this is even before really it was, it was so easy to do advertising for lead generation and things. You know, there, there wasn't a big social networks to do it on. And when there was, it took years for those to really be mature enough to to do those things on. And then people started pivoting to funnels really quickly because a lot of the marketers that we were teaching content marketing hated every minute of it. They, they just hated it. And they were like, I, they were resentful that they had to use content to attract people because it took a right. lot of time and, you know, it, it, it was not their forte. And they had a great product and they just wanted to sell it. Can we just just have a great product and sell it? Well, we quickly found out when we just went on the web and you do today uh, and just start talking about your product, 
oh, well, we still need content because people hate it when we just talk about our product. And then there's Tuesday. That was Monday. And what are you going to talk about Tuesday if you have no plan? Um, but it is interesting now that we, we seem to be in some sort of a maybe, maybe because it's hard to tell when you're in it, but it feels sort of like a golden age of a, of a funnel and content marketing Valhalla, really. If you get the mix right, if you get the tools down so that you can go do – if you have efficiencies built into your business, you do have time to go do the content that everybody must do. I mean, I'm talking about the content that's in your ads. If you're going to build a winning ad campaign, guess what you need? What's at the core of it? Content. So you're, you can't get away from it. And I think marketers were really just a lot more testy about it when it was 90% of their time was taken up with it because that was just the thing of the day. And, and because they didn't have all these automation tools and things to back them up so they'd have the time to um, do whatever they needed. And there's different degrees of content marketing that you can do, all of which you can be successful at. But it's still there. It just How does it feel to you after you've been around for this long? Uh, do you feel like we're finally starting to get it, this mix between the tools and the, the you know, serving people all the way on the outer ring? of just getting to know you and, and breaking the ice all the way into the middle of becoming customers and further? Well, I think the problem's still there, Jack. I mean, you're always going to have the dichotomy of the huckster and the quality marketer. Uh, you know, I think we're going back to basics, and the, the basic thing is way back before Al Gore invented the Internet, you know, we, we, we were still going one-to-one. There was still door-to-door. There was still that that what was – back in the good old days was the personal touch, right? And then automation mm-hmm. and technology kind of got in the way of that, and people hide behind all their technology. I was um, in, a, in a mastermind on Sunday, and I had some, some really smart marketers in the room, and this one guy was up presenting, and, he's, and, and honest to God, I walked out. <laughs> I did. I just he's, he's giving me like the top ten things to do to be a successful affiliate marketer. And this guy's mailing like multiple times a day, doesn't care about the quality of the product, doesn't care about a damn thing other than just, let's just go mail and see what our conversions are. And I'm like, dude, you're not building a business. You're just throwing crap against the wall and giving us a bad name. So they're still out there in force and they're teaching it. Um, you yeah. know, where we come from a different place and, and you as, as a listener right now are hopefully in a different place as well. So You've got to, and, and it really means that you've got to step out and the things that you do right now, even if you think you're trying to grab attention, you've got to be careful that you don't get lumped into the mindset of your viewer uh, as being like the other guys because the other guys, so many of them are still crap distributors. You know, they, they don't – when we talk about quality product, I've got to give you a little secret, and that is no one, the product doesn't matter. There's, the product has absolutely no bearing on anything. If they don't, if they don't see your ad, if they don't, if they don't click a link, if they don't buy your product, they're never going to see your product. So, you know, the right. bottom line, your product needs to be good no matter what. So, stop focusing on that. Make sure it is good. You can always improve it later on, but focus on your marketing because that's what's going to get the, the damn thing sold. People get all wrapped up in the actual product and they never sell it, uh, which happens a lot to people. Uh, but the the idea, Jack, of of engagement with the audience has always been critical. Uh, and even here in a traffic and conversion this year, they're talking about making phone calls to every buyer, even if it's a small thing, even, you know, even if it's just a 32 second video that you shoot and send it to your person. I've been talking about that for years and there's only a limited number of tools that can allow you to do that. 
um, when, um, you know, but do it for God's sakes. You know, get on the phone with somebody if the, if the orders just come true and say, hey, thanks, appreciate it. When you do that, it blows the minds of your buyers, you know, and, and that cements them. And I got to tell you something. If you're – and I'm the software business, right? So we're out with, with a beta version of, of one of our products. And when you're in a beta version scenario, sometimes don't, things don't work because that's what beta is all about. You want to find the things don't, that don't work and fix them. So when you actually have a conversation with a client in person – you eliminate the negativity that may come from, oh, damn, that didn't work, you know, because there's a relationship that's built. There's a friendship that's built. It's like, oh, yeah, Ken's thing. He told me it might not work. I get a call and let him know, as opposed to those jerks, you know. Big difference, huge difference when you can put a, a, a voice with, with the name type of thing. Uh, and that's always going to be critical, I think, no matter how advanced we get. I mean, all the technology and all the automation – for a lot of people, it gives them they believe the freedom to never talk to a person anymore. And I think the, I think the most successful people these days will be will be the high touch people. If you look at uh, what ClickFunnels did just recently, they had an event last week in Nashville, 4,500 people, and 100 people screaming and cheering and dancing and drinking all the Kool Aid. I mean, it was the most amazing experience. And I went there to watch how that went through. But Russell Brunson does a fantastic job of engaging his community, and they'll buy anything, you know. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. You, you want that. I mean, Frank Kern was a master of that. It's like Frank says, get something. It's like, I love Frank. I believe in Frank. I'm going to get what Frank says. You build that relationship yeah. with your client, you know, you win all day long. Now, you, now you need to maintain that because if you, do, if you don't deliver one your promise, you're done. There's a, um, a famous author out there whose name I will not mention, uh, read, read the first book, which, by the way, was ghostwritten. I wasn't aware of that at the time. Read the first book, loved the book, um, and then immediately bought the second book. And the second book was a piece of crap. I mean, it was horrible. It was all about how this person was running uh, his day and, and his business and all this. And it was so self-serving and so full of ego that I, was, I threw it away. And that was it. I was done. And this is the person – um, whose name is readily known to people all over the planet, but yet that one that one indiscretion, if you will, of of ripping me off with a book that came nowhere close to the value of what was expected killed me as a customer. Uh, and that's what will happen if you don't keep your word with your clients. You don't always get a chance to make that to to recover from that. Yeah. Well, and you need time to be able to do these things. I mean, a lot of times it's not because people are sinister, evil geniuses or trying to be, uh, and they're trying to, you know, screw people over. It's that they don't feel like they have, or they really literally don't have the time to do these kinds of things. Call your customers. Um, do, doing the things that Frank Kern and Russell Brunson do, that's, it takes time. It also takes confidence. They have something that a lot of people don't have, which is the ability to get on a camera, go out live on Facebook, and genuinely make a connection. And before that, they plan it. They think about it harder. They take the time to do those kinds of things, which means they have the time to do those kinds of things, which means well, Jack, we need to allow ourselves to have the time to think deeply about the kinds of stuff that you're saying should be done, which should be done, and people need tools or some sort of other efficiency to leverage their time so that they can do a quality job at what you're saying should be done. Okay. Right? I'm going to, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you there and say yes and no. 
uh, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna play okay. devil's advocate with you now. I'm gonna play devil's advocate with you now, okay? Because right. what you just give, what you just given everybody is all the reasons in the world for them not to start. Because I don't have the time, I don't have the knowledge, I don't know what I'm gonna say. Blah 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 blah. And thank you. That's why I'm failing. Well, I got one word for that, and I'm gonna say it. And it, and it's in, and they can say it on TV now. I guess they can say it on this radio show. Bullshit. It really is a lot <laughs> of BS. It is total BS. And I'll tell you why. Last year, exactly a year ago, I was with Joel Kahn in a room right here at the Marriott Hotel in San Diego, and Joel played a video that he produced years ago online of seven minutes of frying bacon. There was no content. There was frying freaking bacon, and people watched (laughs) it, and people watched it. What Joel says is get on your Facebook Live. And by the way, the bottom line is you got to go on Facebook Live. And I'm saying this, by the way, I don't do it like I used to, so I need to do it myself. So you know, as I say this to you guys watching or listening, rather, um, maybe you're watching your phone if you're listening to this. But uh, you know, if you don't do it, you're, you're losing a giant opportunity because live is really critical to your success. Well, Joel says, and rightly so, just turn the damn camera on and start talking. It will come to you. I don't know if anybody journals out there, but I sit down and I journal, and I don't know what I'm going to say. It becomes stream of consciences, and some of the most amazing things come from that higher power through me into my fingers into the keyboard or to your hand if you're writing. So stop thinking about all the stuff you got to do. And this, by the way, is a lesson, including to me, because I like to plan things also. Stop, turn the brain off, and just start. Everybody has a message that they can deliver. And it may not be perfect, but you got to start someplace. So don't be waiting for it to be the perfect thing, the right words. I began years ago with teleprompters and stuff because I wanted to get it absolutely right. I haven't touched a teleprompter in years. I have all the technology, all the stuff, but who cares? Carry a note card with you, three points you want to make, and then just talk because you know what's in your heart. You know what you're going to say. So all that prep work and everything, yes, if you're going to do something that's a content-oriented video and, and you have all the intention for it, fantastic. But if your goal is to actually connect with an audience, then connect with the damn audience. And every single person listening can do that. If you have a family, if you talk to people, if you go to a job every day, if you get on the elevator and, and you smile at somebody, you're connecting with them. You can do the exact same thing on a video. And I mean, people love that raw stuff. It does not have to be perfect at all. If you need to look at a note card to, to check your notes and say, let me check my notes. People love seeing that. If you make a mistake, don't edit it edit out unless it's really bad because people love to see mistakes because that's who they are. They make mistakes too. I've learned long ago that if you're too Hollywood, if you're too polished, then you create a distance between you and the audience. I would, when I was speaking on stage, I was, in, I was in somewhere in the Midwest. I was in Montana, and I came down in my, in my, my suit and my polished shoes and all this business, and I had cowboys in the room wearing jeans and, and cowboy boots. I looked at the audience. I said, guys, you see the suit? Good. I'll be right back. Ran up to my room, put on my jeans and my cowboy boots and a T-shirt, came down, and bam, we were now together. But the suit was a, a, uh, a wall between us. You know, it was a uniform you know, that totally separated us. Uniforms are great for policemen, for firemen, you know, for flight attendants, captains of airplanes and, and ships, but not when you're connecting with an audience that buys from you. So that's the first thing. The second thing, you know, about technology, everybody has a, a phone, whether it's an Android or an iPhone or whatever. Um, and us iPhone owners, we, we pray for you, Android owners, uh, Gina. But uh, in any event, you know, regardless of, of the technology or the brand you have, you got a camera. You got a video camera. You have a way to communicate, and you could be broadcasting right now. So all of the stuff and all the stories and all the excuses, quite frankly, as I said, are reasons that you give yourself to not succeed. And I say to that bullshit. 
So there you go, Jack. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, it brings up a lot of things. One of the things that I, I was fascinated with, I think a lot of people were, is when uh, younger people, I won't say millennials, just younger people, uh, <laughs> right, right. were getting online and just doing stuff. And then all of a sudden, not really all of a sudden, it's never all of a sudden really, it's maybe 1% of the time it's all of a sudden, there was something that had to happen before that. But they would just get online and have a big-ass YouTube channel and have a big following. Right. And they didn't know anything about, they didn't buy any of the courses. If you asked them, they wouldn't know who Frank Kern was from Walt Disney. They don't know right. anything. And the one thing that saved them from going down that rabbit hole of courses and and you know, conferences and consultants and coaches and, you know, those all have their place except in moderation, right? You got to get the, if you get the right ones, you don't have to keep using them all the time. And right. they just get on and do it. And we were all sitting there, wait a minute, we've been doing this for a long time and you have to do this formula and you have to do this thing. And the other thing was watching the old guard change from that, seeing that and then change. And it brought to mind Alex Mandosian. Uh, series that he was doing. I don't know if he still does it this way, but for a while he was getting on uh, lives and uh, any other kind of cameras um, or any other kind of channels. And he was holding up his, his slideshow presentation with note cards with one or two words on them. You remember right. those? Yeah. And he would just shove yeah. it up in the camera. And it only just yeah. occurred to me very recently that what he was doing was those were his notes. He wrote down keywords for what he wanted to talk about during that presentation. And then that uh, voice of God or, or whatever that channeling said, why don't you just hold that up to the camera while you're talking and make it something nobody has ever, ever done before. And he didn't think about it like that. I am absolutely sure it just dawned on him. But that's the kind of thing that you're talking about. That spontaneity can only come out of sitting your butt down and turning on the camera and, well, hey, let's show him my notes on my note cards. And we'll make it a slideshow, yeah. like a low-key slideshow. And, and Frank Kern is famous for writing the crappiest-looking sales pages on the planet that convert better than everybody else's. He doesn't use any, any CSS. He doesn't use, like, anything, you know, and he still has that kind of thing. He just takes it right down, and it just shows if you have a message, you really don't need all the other decorations that go with a typical marketing campaign. But it also shows yeah. just get out and do it. He also just wrote the thing the night before and didn't yeah, spell check so, it most of the time either. Yeah. This summer, uh, this past summer, my mom and I were in, in Europe for two months. And we were in Scotland, for example, for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And we, you know, we, we shot a lot of Facebook Live, uh, a lot of Facebook Live, when we, when we can get a good connection. And, um, you know, the, the bottom line is we didn't have a lot of things we, that we were we, – we planned nothing, first of all. Uh, but I always look for what one lesson can I take? And a lot of it was just like get out there and do it. Same thing I'm, I'm saying right now is, you know, get out of your own way. Just just take action and do something. Uh, but there was always some kind of a marketing lesson, some sort of a business lesson, something that we could take from, from, any, from anything. And that's what we did. And I've had so much feedback from people saying that they love watching those videos. And, you know, who'd have thunk when people would actually watch our stuff? I had no idea. Uh, I had one guy – um, actually, that, that Gina, you know, John, uh, who said to me on a, on a call recently, and I'd never met him before, but we got on the phone call. He goes, oh, my God, I've always wanted to meet you. I've watched your video like 18 times. And I'm like, stalker, get a life, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but, but that's happening, and we don't even know it. So, you, you know, when you do this stuff, you put it out there, 
you have no idea what, what ramifications there are going to be. I've had people give me all sorts of amazing comments on, on some of these videos. Uh, and so the confidence of just getting it done will shift everything. And we talked about, you mentioned confidence earlier, Jack, and I meant to, to respond to that. Uh, you know, if you're shy, if you're afraid, and by the way, it's funny, I'm actually a very shy person, which people don't believe, because I'll speak in front of 5,000 people without a, a hiccup. But you put me into a, into a party, uh, for example, with 100, 200 people, and I'm like, get me out of here. I just, I just have such, such difficulty interacting that way. On a stage, no problem at all. On a radio show, TV, no problem. On a video, no problem. But in a room, some people are masters at that. I, I'm, that's not my thing. Uh, or at least that's the lie I tell myself, right? But the best way to, to get the confidence is to freaking do it. Because once you recognize that nobody killed you, no one ran away from you, nobody you know, told you you're a bad person. In fact, someone may have come up to you and said, that was a really cool video, and I liked the way you dropped your notes. You know, um, Let it be real, and that will give you the confidence to realize it ain't that bad. It's not that hard. And you, and you get better. You know, you're not going to be a great person on video until you have the experience. You know, if you're going to want to play baseball and you want to get into the major leagues, you've got to start out you know, back on the farm team. And even before that, you've got to get on the farm team. And that comes with practice. So the best way to get started is to actually, like, right now when this radio program is over, you pick up your iPhone, you, you know, get on the Facebook if you're on Facebook. If not, you get on Facebook. And you shoot yourself a Facebook Live and say, hey, guys, this is my first video. I'm scared to death. But I know if I don't start this right now, um, I may never start it. Anybody feel like that? Put, you know, ask me a question in the chat. And, you know, don't ask them to share it. Just ask, just ask, ask them a question. And, and then you can answer the question with a question. And that gets more shares, by the way. I learned that yesterday. So you don't ask for shares at all. You don't need to. Because as long as, you're, as they're responding, then Facebook looks at that and it will help you promote. And people love that stuff. You begin a dialogue. And then that's how your business grows. But you've got to start somewhere. They say that the, the terminology was every master was once a disaster. And that's true. So don't be afraid. Laugh it at your messes because if you see here's the thing people are taking a cue from you if you look like you're scared to death then they'll eat you up you know it's like walking down the street at night if you walk straight and tall and 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 proud and confident you're not going to get mugged but if you're you're or you're less likely to get mugged if you are walking hunched over and slow and shuffling and not walking with any kind of confidence confidence it's like the 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 injured um, animal in the pack that's the one that's going to get picked off because it's the easy prey so you've got, to, you've got to actually set the standard and let people know. You know, did you have, anybody ever watched Johnny Carson? And now I'm dating myself. But any comedian, especially on TV, if their joke bombs, they'll go, well, I'm going to throw that joke away. And you laugh at the fact that you bombed. And people are like, yep, you did. It's cool. Let's try something else. If you make that okay, then everybody wins. Because people have an experience. They want you to win, too. They're not, they're not out to have you bomb. And they're just glad that, again, that's not them. So you do that, you win all day long, and that's how you build your confidence. Because once you know that, and then you can bomb and still live, everything's great. Then it doesn't matter anymore because you're safe. <clears throat> so that's my that's my pep talk for people. Don't let anybody scare you, and don't accept excuses for being less than who you are. Which is again why we try to build these tools. Not try to. We build these great tools so that we can remove excuses. So we can remove the friction between you and success. Because there's a bridge. We need to get you over that bridge. So we give you those tools and we give you the opportunity to connect with people because the more you connect, Jack, I mean, you and I have known each other for years, you know, and if you drop the ball, 
drop the ball. You know, we we go back. We have enough in what Stephen Covey would call the emotional bank account to to let us overcome. Well, you know, I forgot to do this, Jack, and Jack forgot to do that, or things didn't happen. We still love each other because we've earned that over time, and that's what you got to do with your audience. And the best way to do that is to just to be real. Yeah. And the best and safest time to do that is before you have 100,000 followers, which is true yeah. for everybody here. <laughs> well, you're not going to get 100,000 followers, Jack, unless you are real with people because they, they only want to deal with right. people that they can identify with. You know, I mean, but listen, you can you, drop see, your notes and you can have fun, and then you might just develop your style along the way of, hey, this is that quirky person who doesn't would come off like all those overly polished people. I like that better, and I can get, I can tell everybody here that people like that better. They just do. Uh, like Frank Kern's ugly sales letters, it's permeated yeah. throughout the beginning of marketing history all the way to today on the Internet, proof, just mountains and mountains of it, that people just like spontaneity or things that feel like it. They like people who are yeah. at least confident enough to just get on, turn that camera on, and do something, and maybe a little more than frying bacon. But, you know, it proved a point that people are just, oh, yeah. they just want to see unusual things, odd things, people being real, whatever that is. And there's not a lot of polishing those kinds of things actually is, is, is doom, right? I got two, I got <laughs> two, like I got two words. Yeah, I got, I got two words for you. Uh, Richard Branson. I was with Richard for an hour yesterday and he talked about a number of the major things he's done. If you just look at any, any of what Branson's achieved, weird-ass stuff. I mean, you know, from dressing <laughs> up as a female flight attendant uh, on a contest with the president of Air Asia uh, to, you know, you name it, this guy's done it. And he's got one of the most successful companies on the planet, like, in, in, in history. So, you know, from going into outer space to, to helping um, work with climate change and, and children, and, I mean, the guy's amazing. Uh, and, and, you know, hence he's Sir Richard Branson. Uh, you know, the impact that you can make by simply being yourself and being wild and crazy and different. Um, and after spending time with him yesterday, I'm realizing that with some of the stuff we're doing, I'm being too freaking conservative. Older than he is, I think. Um, you? Or maybe it's the other way around. Yeah, I think I am, actually. Um, i I, I got to double-check that. I think I think I may be older than him uh, by a couple of years. But if that's... No, I was very, saying you're, you're more conservative... <laughs> That's I know. Insane. I am. That's, that's a that's, really good. And, and, that's and, a good note for I, you. <laughs> I am. I am. I am. I'm acting like an old man in a lot of ways. And so I, you know, as, as much as I'm encouraging people to get out of the box, I'm like, holy mackerel! I got to do more too. So I got to find myself a hot air balloon or something for our, our, our grand opening in the Philippines. I got to do some weird ass stuff because I got to be known for that. Because I have always been the energizer, um, and you know. I've stopped far short of what Branson's done. So he's really empowered me. And so I want to pass that along to empower everybody else. And I'm not telling everybody to go get a hot air balloon or, you know, uh, you know, circumnavigate the planet or whatever. But I am saying that it's something that, that you can do that makes you unique and sets you apart and has people identify with you. It's great. I mean, I've got a Branson's gym, Virgin Active, and I'm proud to be part of that tribe. I, I identify with Richard Branson because he does the stuff I wish that I had already done. You know, I, I aspire to that, to that greatness. Um, and he's a, kind of a former neighbor of mine. I used to live in St. Croix and had a house on St. John, and he has, uh, he has Necro Island, which is just right nearby in the Caribbean. So, you know, I know where he was, you know, for, for Hurricane Irma. Uh, he lived through a hurricane, and I lived through a hurricane. The only difference was he lived in a, in a wine cellar, and I was stuck up in a bedroom. So he, he, had, a, he had a better deal. 
you know, so key really is to give yourself that permission. I think that's the biggest thing is to give yourself that permission and don't let yourself fall for the bullshit. Don't let yourself fall for the excuse. Sometimes the best thing you can do to somebody is to not be nice. You know, is not be like, oh, it's okay, honey, blah, blah, but say, damn it, do it. No, cut the bullshit, stop the excuses. Um, and it's funny, people don't always respect that. They don't always get that. But tough love, I think, is the best love if, if it needs to be given. Uh, I, I'm one, I am a product of tough love. I'm, I, trust me, I have always learned the hard way, I think. And it gets, it's, it's uh, you know, you should never have to learn the hard way. But, but luckily, the people that had enough confidence in themselves to risk my my disapproval and and so on to say can effectively cut the crap get on with it and that's what a lot of us need so the coddling and all the nicey stuff I mean I gotta tell you this whole society lately I think has gotten I'm gonna get myself in trouble here but I will step out on that ledge uh, I think we've gotten so nicey nicey and so and so protective when you know back in the 1800s. When the you know the the real entrepreneurs who didn't have all these tools were making all their fortunes, um, they didn't have all the benefits that we have right now. You know, I, I actually question you know if, if I was around in World War II, would I have lived through it? You know, would, would would I have had the strength to have done that? I question that. But I think most of us these days don't, because we don't have to step up to that level. We don't have to do the things that they did back then, which was just part of life, uh, and. Some of, some of the ability for us to simply just be ourselves uh, and to be risque and to be, for lack of a better way of saying, socially unacceptable, but not insultingly, but just be yourself. Now you, you can't even, you know, you, you can't even just be uh, light and, and fun without risking a lawsuit, you know, without risking your business. It's, it's, that's we've gone too far. Uh, but know your audience, too. You know, and one, a lot of things you want to do is remove the people from your tribe that aren't who you're looking for, which means if we get back to, to leveraging things, leverage your time and only talk to the people that you should talk to. You know, if you, if you want to talk to people, there's a guy, Garrett White, Garrett J. White. Um, they were warned at, as last, at the presentation I was watching the other day, Garrett, one of his favorite words, um, uh, begins with F and with K, uh, and it's not funk. Uh, but, you know, it was like, if that language offends you, I, you know, you might want to come back in an hour. And the audience was warned. Uh, and yet there was still some in the room who were offended by him. And it's kind of like, you know, you get a hot cup of, of, of um, coffee at, at McDonald's and there's 14 warnings on it. God forbid you should apply it to your groin area, you know. Uh, our society <laughs> changed, you know. But, but yeah. the people who win are, are the people like Branson who will still step up and be themselves and – and be somewhat polarizing. I mean, I, would, I, I don't know who would, who would not like Richard Branson, but polarization works. I mean, you take a look at some of the, some of the, the uh, radio guys, you know, they're, you know, the ones that are to the left and the ones that are the right, and they're the ones that have the millions upon millions of rabid followers. But if you're trying to appeal to everybody, you're not going to win. So I encourage everybody to be you because, let's face it, everybody else is taken. And yeah. you, don't have to be loved by, you don't have to be loved by everybody. You know, in fact, if, if they hate you, they're talking about you, and if they're talking about you, then your word's getting spread. So, <laughs> hello, uh, you know you gotta have a, thin, a thick skin sometimes if you're if you're into approval. But, you know, there's just a point where you gotta say, just do your thing and go for your passion and the hell with everybody else. You know, and I don't mean the hell with everybody else by not caring. I'm talking about the hell with everybody with everybody else telling you what to do and influencing you to not be who you are. Did you ever think you were going to become? 
so much of a when you started doing all this and you wanted to like this latest iteration of Kinergizer with Bagelsoft and everything else, you really got yeah. into the tools, you really got into the systems and everything. When I was doing blog success long, long, long ago, uh, I was surprised by this thing, which was I was giving people tools. I was showing them the way. I was pointing to success. Here's how you do it. We've done it. Here's the case studies. Here's all the stuff. And here's all the tools. And for, for a minute there, people wouldn't do anything. Like yeah. a very small percentage of people who had everything laid out before them that they needed to succeed from a technology standpoint, from a how-to standpoint, were still at the starting line scratching their butts, looking around at the bumblebees. Yeah. And I'm like, well, and then I started to pump them up. I started talking to you guys, you realize. And then most of what belonged success became, the tools were de facto. Like Bagelsoft, right. I imagine for you, is de facto. It's just the default. Do you spend yeah. a lot of your time like this just pumping people up? Because once you give them everything, they'll still stand at the starting line being too scared or whatever. I just think that's a funny phenomenon. And it sounds like that's it, what you're finding as well, again, it, it, <laughs> with this thing. It, it's what. It's organic, Jack. You know, I mean, we, we talked about what we're going to do today in today's show, and it was like, let's talk about funnels and bagel and all this sort of thing. And it, it turned into, you know, me, me being a kind of a, a, kind of a, a butt-kicking motivational session. Uh, but yeah. people need that because at the end of the day, a tool is a tool is a tool. I don't, you know, uh, whether you use ClickFunnels or you use Bagel or you use Infusionsoft or whatever else, it's a tool. And, the, you know, it just helps – let's put it this way. Whether you're driving a Rolls-Royce, a Maserati, or, uh, you know, a, a Ford Pinto, right, or, or, or a Gremlin, remember, go back to – you know, it's, it's transportation. It gets you there. You know, whether I get upgraded on my flight tomorrow or I fly, in, fly back in economy, I'm going to get to Sydney just the same. And so it's, I, I don't think we need to be as concerned, you know, and here I am, I want my product to be the number one product you buy, but at the end of the day, if you don't use it, it doesn't serve anybody. So it almost doesn't matter what you use as long as you do something. You know, you've got to take that action. Yeah. Now, yes, we, love, we want you to use our own product, absolutely. Uh, but, for example, if you're going to work with us, you're going to be part of our tribe. And so it's the culture that we're creating. And what I really want to be offering people is the culture of accountability, the culture of success, the culture of take no prisoners, you know. Um, I mean, really be be responsible for your success and don't let excuses stop you and be courageous and know that there is a parachute with you and there you know there are coaches and people and love and and support and you know encouragement so you're not in business by you know um you know all by yourself you're in business for yourself but but together as part of a, of a culture and a tribe and you know ultimately uh, a universe of people that are all thinking the same way that want the same good for each other and that's what I want to create. And so the software is really a part of that process, you know. Um, you know, we're still trying to figure out what we're going to call our, the tribe. You know, are they bagelers? What are they, you know. Um, you know, for, our, for my iBoostify Society of the Philippines, everyone's a boostifier. But I haven't figured out what we're going to call the bagel people. So, um, if I don't like you know, bagelers. <laughs> we got to come up with something no, I, better than that. No, I don't either. Not at all. Not at all, Gina. No, I, well, we haven't I figured like, it out yet. So. I like the idea of calling people the type of bagel they are. Like, I would be an everything bagel. Not to be, yeah. you know, uh, like my son would say, that was so conceited. No, it's just that I'm one of those people that love to play with all kinds of things. And there's got to be a bagel for everybody. 
Just call them. You know what? Carol, here you are over here. We're all a tribe. We're all in the same bin, and somebody's going to buy and eat us today. But you're a, you're an everything bagel. <laughs> you're a pumpernickel. <laughs> right. But I think you know, that'd be great. You, you, you make a good point, Jack. We may have to call the way ETs because we really are everything, and, and we want everything. Uh, so that could be because I was going to actually have for the different price levels, you know, the different, you know, like, like rather than gold, platinum, whatever. I had it, you know, ba- I had it plain sesame ET, you know. Um, so we're going we're to play with that. But and the one thing about having a tribe is that you don't have to have all the answers. Bounce it off. Every, you know, the, the group has the answer uh, in, in a lot of cases. Yeah. Not a, you know, Steve Jobs would argue with that, but, but he's gone, and so, you know, <laughs> I have to pick up. Well, the other thing that I'll say, I mean, this, this would actually benefit people who are listening who might want to be doing something like what you're doing uh, in their own way with their business, and that is there is nothing more powerful than having a tribe, a community feel. We're all in this together. For me, in my experience, I've never built something – that has been more successful than when I injected it vertently or inadvertently. It caught me by surprise the first time, and then I learned to capitalize on it. We're all in this together. We're here to help. You're here to help us. You're instrumental to our success kinds of stuff. And people would then start sharing stats they wouldn't normally share. They'd come in and do things that were not necessary for the success of their business directly just to help out the tribe, just to help out the group. And uh, anybody who can engender that kind of uh, and foster that in their in their business is going to do well. Is going to do better than the person who's just selling widgets, you know. And everybody, like you described, everybody's just doing their own thing. They come and go. No, but there's no connection between anyone. Yeah, yeah. It's you know the the whole key is is, to, is I think togetherness and and let's lift each other up together. And it really and it makes it more fun. You're not you're not alone. So that right there puts you up above uh, or standing out from a lot of the other tools. Like Optimize Press, you just go grab it and you use it. And maybe that's okay. Some people are probably thinking that's fine. That's the kind of thing I wanted to do with that tool. But I think that you've elucidated some things here today that people don't usually realize, and that is the tools are one thing, but who's going who's gonna to smack you on the butt and get you off that starting line with these tools and all the other things that you have to do? You know, who's going to do that? And you're offering to be that. I know that you couldn't hold that back if you wanted to. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, you know, the the future belongs to those who actually are willing to step up and, and play a bigger game. And I used to sign my emails, you know, saying play big. Uh, but it really comes down to that. You, you have to play that bigger game if you want to create it. Um, and if you don't, you know, in my, in my view, it's, it's, I stopped doing coaching years ago. Because I found that people that would come and they pay me, they'd never show up, which is, you know, kind of great. A lot of people would be like, great, let's work for me. But at the end of the day, the fun of seeing success, the fun of seeing mm-hmm. change and metamorphosis, it wasn't there because people didn't care. They, they thought they could just buy their way in and do nothing. And that's not how it goes. <laughs> you know, it just, it just doesn't work that way. And I don't want um, you to run yeah. out of time, Ken, before we tell them that they can find out more about you and Bagel at bagelsoft.com. That's www.bagel, just like it sounds, soft.com. That, yeah, Good thing you jumped in there because me and Ken could go for hours without yeah, ever mentioning we jumped for you get to When you get to the site, by the way, you'll see on the bottom right there's a little intercom, little little blue circle. So you can send us messages and we'll communicate with you and so on. So talk to us. We're, we're here to help, help and serve, and we'd love to have you become one of our, our bagel family, uh, whatever that name is going to be. 
Um, but uh, th- we're we're thrilled to, to have you guys come on board. Just mention that you you heard us on Blog Talk Radio uh, on the on the Leverages because that way it lets us know where you came from, and uh, we'd love to have you. And you know, Ken, when you and I come back together next week as co-hosts, whether it's next week or a following week, we should have Jack join us as a guest instead of a co-host so we can learn more about what he's going to be doing in the coming months. Now, they're happy to. Would love to. I've never been a guest on this show. It would be an honor. Really? Well, then let's... let's Yes, you were a guest before you became a co-host. That's true. It was Traffic Masters, though, so it was a name change, and it was many, many years ago. That is true. (laughs) And I have no idea what I talked about. (laughs) (laughs) The question is, did you have an idea of when you were telling it? He did no, back then. Not. He did back then. We were talking about traffic and SEO and that kind of stuff. I remember it well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tina remembers everything. You got to watch out, everybody. You know, she oh, yeah. remembers everything. She knows episodes that are like a hundred episodes ago. She remembers things. It's scary. Yeah, and and, and the thing is, you know, you just you can't escape. <laughs> no, you can't. Absolutely not. <laughs> So Ken and I will be back next week with another episode of Leverage Masters. And sometime in the very near future, there will be one more major change to the show in that Ken and I are going to take it to a video instead of an audio show. So that will be fun in our coming months or coming weeks, I should say. Yep. So, yep. Well, Jack, I have had a... I have had a blast co-hosting Leverage Masters with you for eons, it seems. I think it's close to five years now, maybe even six. Wow. It's been a long time. Wow. Well, I'll And I am looking close. forward. I'm not going far. Awesome. And I am looking forward to <laughs> the next chapter of Leverage Masters with Ken. Hope you'll join us. See you next week, same time, same place, all your favorite places to listen to the show, whether it's on iTunes or on theleveragists.com. Ken and I will be back there. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters. Thank you.